Hello, this is Fred Goldstein with Health Innovation Media, and I'm at the Jefferson Population Health Colloquium this morning, and I'm joined by Dr. Richard Bankowitz. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Dr. Bankowitz gave this morning's keynote speech. Uh, he works for AHIP, and uh, talk a little bit about AHIP and what they're doing around population health. Yes, so AHIP is American, America's health insurance plans, and we have about 400 members. Um, I think, as I said this morning, the goal of AHIP and its plans is the same as the goals of population health. We want to increase affordability, we want to increase access, we want better outcomes, and we want better care. So I think we're really aligned with population health. And we talked a little bit this, this afternoon about how some of the plans are doing that. Um, a lot of the plans are, are getting very involved at the community level. They're partnering with community agencies. In some cases, they're going into the communities themselves to address some of the social determinants of health that we talked about uh, this afternoon. Probably the best example is with asthma care. Um, asthma is a problem that affects maybe one in four children who are on Medicaid. And some of our plans, uh, American Health um, Caritas, is a plan that covers a lot of Medicaid lives. And they have instituted a program where they're actually going into the community with asthma kits, which include things like hypoallergenic mattress covers, hypoallergenic pillow covers, there are uh, insect traps, there are basically trash cans with lids. They're putting all of this into the home to address the environmental factors at their source. So that's a good example, I think, of what yeah, some of the plans are doing. I found it interesting with some of the questions you had today that the comment was, this is really a health plan doing this, yeah. but it's an important issue and everyone thinks, well, the providers, this and that, but it really is something the health plans need to focus on. Well, and the, do focus on. Well, of course, the plans do because the plans really see the entire population. And they're looking at a 360-degree view of their population. And, of course, um, the plans are very much interested in providing good care, but in prevention as well. Because if you can prevent the progression of disease, you really make a very large impact, not only to the patient, but also to the community. Right. And you also talked about the, the four pillars, and as I recall, one of those was the providers themselves and how important it is to work with them. Can you discuss some of the ideas that plans are doing now in that area? Uh, well, sure. Well, the plans are doing a lot in terms of their benefit design with providers. Um, as you know, they're partnering, I think, ever more closely with providers. Um, there was an article in this month's Health Affairs, which talks about the plan kind of nearest to me, CareFirst. CareFirst, which is based in and around Washington, D.C., um, has invested a lot in payment models and specifically patient-centered medical homes. So this was written up in Health Affairs, and I guess the bottom line is it saved a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. It didn't save all that much money, and the reason for that is you know, a lot of that money gets passed back to the providers in shared savings models. But the point that Dr. Cherenu made in that article is it will take time. And I think what's important in this article is the investment that's being made. If you think about the money that uh, was invested 12% right up front just to recognize the fact that it is going to cost more to provide coordinated care. Then the plans, if they met their quality goals, will get shared savings. So they got 25% bonus one year, 33% bonus another year. 
Also, the plan hired 75 nurses to deal with those patients who were really the high utilizers. So a tremendous investment is being made in partnering with the providers to address high utilization patients and chronic conditions. Right, and you touched a bit on the changes in payment models, et cetera. There's, there's this shift of value-based care. Obviously, there's a little maybe delay partially through CMS with, uh, with now secretary prices, uh -huh. pullback on some of it. But I, I, I would assume AHIP sees those as a continuing growth in those models. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I repeated Stein's Law, which is kind of a little, a little joke, which is, it was great. you know, if a trend cannot continue forever, it will stop. Right? So you cannot have that cost line continue to go up into infinity. And given that, I think there is no chance in the world that we're going to go back to models that are not somehow value-based. So those value-based models are here to stay. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new secretary and the new leadership, but I don't see us returning uh, anytime soon. And you touched a bit on uh, last Friday with the uh, bill just not even getting a vote. Right. Obviously, AHIP was very active and continues to be active. Talk a little about their role and what they hope to see come out of this. Well, sure. Well, the reason I'm here and not my boss, Marilyn Tavener, is that she is right now up on the Hill meeting with senators, as she will continue to do all week long. And uh, the priority right now for the plans is to stabilize the market. So yes, the bill failed. Yes, we're not going to throw millions of people off Medicaid. We're not going to remove the subsidies from low-income patients. That's, that is wonderful news. But there are still fixes that need to be made. Um, now, the CSR, which is the cost-sharing reduction, that is not appropriated. Right? That has to be appropriated by Congress permanently. Without really knowing for sure that the CSR will continue, it's very, very difficult for plans to price. Um, they need to know if that premium support is going to be there. If, if plans can't price, well, they can't enter the market. It's just impossible. So that needs to be done first and foremost. And you mentioned that that whole time frame for that is very short. Well, right. for, for 2018, it's in the next couple of weeks. I mean, that's going to be baked in, unless there's an extension. But as it stands today, it's, a, it's just a few weeks where uh, in which we're going to face the deadline of plans filing their plan benefit packages and their prices. So we, we need some stability in the market very soon. So it, it is sort of an emergency. That's why my boss, Marilyn, could not be here today. She's with our lobbyists up on the hill. She'll meet with senators all week long. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also talked about um, risk pools and things like that. Obviously a really important issue for the health plans. Well, sure, because unless you somehow stabilize this risk pool with some support. What happens is the premiums rise as the healthy decide that's too expensive for me. And so they make a rational economic choice, maybe it's a bit of a bet, I'm not going to go and buy that insurance, it's too pricey. And so the healthier individuals leave, the pool that remains is sicker, and Therefore, the price of the premium must go up again. And what will happen is a, a death spiral, unless there is some support for that high-risk pool, which is another of AHIP's priorities. One of the other areas you touched upon, which is obviously critical for population health, you can't do it without it, is data and analytics. Yeah. And obviously, um, AHIP is very interested in that, and health plans are pulling together some really unique data sets now. 
Yes, there are. the plans really are the ones that have the 360 degree view because they can see what happens not only in the hospital but across the continuum of care, pre-hospitalization, uh, post-skilled uh, nursing, rehab, the pharmacy, when the prescriptions are filled, they can see all of this. And some of the plans, and I, um, I mentioned the example of UPMC, which mm -hmm. has invested a lot in its data analytics and has amassed, I don't know what it is now, but it was reported a few years ago to be six terabytes. Mm -hmm. And they have not only claims data, they have clinical data, they have pharmacy data, they have self-reported outcome data. So it's a tremendous resource. And uh, I, think, I think in the future, we're gonna see much more come out of those resources. Right, and I know also I guess some plans are now beginning to bring in these social determinant of health data and use those in these very large data sets to allow for decision making, assessment, targeting, oh, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, so one of the nice things about having this data, well, I gave an example, a very simple example. You can see who's filling their prescription. Mm -hmm. And one of our plans has partnered with the pharmacy to intervene when prescriptions aren't filled and understand why and work with the patient so they can take that medication and prevent uh, the downstream consequences. So that, that's a small example. And, and there are other examples because one, uh, one of the nice things about having all this data is you can predict who is going to be a high utilizer of care. And if you can predict, you can intervene. And a lot of investment is being made in doing exactly that. Well, fantastic. I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us this oh, afternoon. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, joining us here at the Population Health Colloquium. Jefferson. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.